What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry. Hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. Simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. And each week we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. And on today's episode, episode 67, we sit down with Anadi Jahari, who is a managing partner with Emerging Energy and Environment Investment Group. That was a bit of a mouthful for me. I stumbled on it when I introduced Anadi on the uh, on the show, but uh, we had a great conversation as we discussed the different types of companies that Anadi and his firm are investing in, as well as what they look for at a leadership level when they're evaluating the right businesses to invest in. This was just a fun conversation as we unpack Anadi's passion for energy and sustainability and decarbonization and how he's able to implement that passion by investing in the right businesses that have a like-minded mission and vision. Really cool, neat conversation. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel and consider downloading this episode and future episodes. This is really the only way that we can track how many people are listening. So if you're still streaming the episodes, I urge you to consider hitting that download button instead. And please share it with colleagues and friends, and hopefully you can leave a review for us. Now, we think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Anadi and I, so let's drop in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today we're sitting down with Anadi Jahari from Triple E IG, a managing partner there. I'm going to have you lay out what that acronym is, but uh, Anadi, welcome to the show. Well, uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Um, maybe where I should start from. <laughs> Triple E IG stands for Emerging Energy and Environment Investment Group. It's it was a mouthful uh, for me, so I put you on the spot. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, it, it's Triple uh, IG is, is is just the most effective acronym that I, I go by. But and you know, it captures um, really the essence of what we do and uh, what our vision is. Yeah. So tell us. Uh, I think that'd be a good place to start because uh, I know when you and I originally got connected, I didn't uh, didn't know a whole lot about the uh, about the business. But after doing some research and having some conversations with you, I thought it'd be uh, you'd be a perfect guest, right? Because you know a lot of what we're seeing right now in the world of, of project finance and energy and sustainability, it looks like what you guys were doing was right in the swing zone for our audience. So bring us up to speed. What do you uh, tell us about the business model and uh, how you guys are positioned right now in the market? Yeah, so we think of ourselves as an investment and advisory firm, uh, really focused on the broader net zero uh, investing theme. And net zero is a broad theme. And the the idea is that uh, energy transition going forward uh, will require lots and lots of capital. And we're looking at uh, different investing models within the broader energy transition theme. Uh, What that essentially comes down to is really thinking about decarbonization, mm-hmm. uh, decarbonization of our power and energy sector, our industries and transport, the way we live and conduct our businesses. All of that is very highly energy intensive. So we're looking at business models that have infrastructure attributes uh, that can uh, help us transform uh, the world we live in so that we are taking, uh, we're taking on the challenge of climate change. Got it. 
And you used a couple of uh, phrases there that uh, some people in our audience might recognize, some some may not. Could you tell us about um, like decarbonization or even even energy transition? Yeah. So when we think about decarbonization, as the name suggests, that uh, the world needs a lot of energy, I think, just to power our homes uh, for lighting, for heating and cooling, for moving from point A to point B. And all of that energy is kind of fossil fuel produced. So I, I guess most of it. I think the renewable energy transformation or the investment theme that we have seen is probably 10 years uh, old, and but renewables have come down in cost. So the notion that uh, a lot of what we do is powered by fossil fuels and by burning fossil fuels, you create CO2 or greenhouse gas emissions. So can we uh, decarbonize the way we live, work, and operate, whether it's we living in our, our in, in our homes or we conduct businesses within the built environment or the way we move and transport our goods and services. So, so decarbonization is, is part of the theme. I think the energy transition is, is perhaps an overarching theme that we're not there yet. We still consume a lot of fossil fuels. And in order for us to transition to a point that we are net zero, meaning what we put out in the atmosphere versus what we uh, consume or what we actually, um, the, the, the net, what we put out should be zero in terms of greenhouse gas emission. That's the net zero concept by 2050 if you have to remain within one and a half degree um, trajectory uh, to avoid catastrophic consequences. So, so net zero and energy transition go together. Energy transition, I think of that as a subset of the broader uh, 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 net zero team. Got it. And I know we we jumped in here, so we're going in a slightly different uh, structure than the the normal show, which is uh, which is good. I think I got ahead of myself there, but I wanted to take a step back for a second, um, Anadi. I think the uh, the audience would appreciate just hearing a little bit about your maybe your background, you know, where you grew up, and you know, ultimately how you got started in this industry <laughs> and what drew you to the space. Oh, sure. Um, well, um, uh, I, I grew up in India, uh, where I spent my formative years. I went uh, to school there, did my undergrad, and I came to the U.S. Uh, as a graduate student um, to, to pursue a master's in engineering and, and the MBA. And, uh, and that's how I got kind of started. Uh, I think my first few uh, uh, kind of real world uh, opportunity, the real world experience was really, I worked for a large industrial strategic, uh, did a stint in management consulting uh, with focus on energy and environment. And then uh, I moved into uh, project finance, uh, which is really a, which is really a discipline that exists in finance. I mean, it, uh, or that, that focuses on really financing and investing in, in, in what is infrastructure. Uh, so, uh, so that's uh, been my background. And I co-founded a current uh, platform over 10 years uh, ago with, uh, with two other uh, business school classmates uh, uh, which, with a shared passion of investing in the space, uh, making a difference. And we had been investing from a private equity fund that focused on renewables. And following that, I have been really fo- focused on this kind of broader energy transition opportunity uh, investing and advising clients uh, on on how to 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 make investments that will make a climate change impact. 
Excellent. And what, uh, what drew you to the industry? Like what about energy efficiency or renewables or decarbonization? Like what about this industry is, is, um, is really of interest to you? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> when I think about that, I, I kind of, I, I find myself today working at the intersection of uh, what I call sustainable finance, uh, investing, uh, and really looking at some of the very pressing issues in energy and infrastructure. Uh, really, the industry is global. Uh, and uh, when I look back, uh, really going to business school um, at Yale was really an eye-opener for me. Uh, it really made me realize how important finance, policy, organizational behavior, marketing were to capital formation and running an enterprise. I guess technology, engineering, and operations were just one part of uh, a successful enterprise, but not the sole one. And uh, while I was studying business, I was fascinated by the idea of combining my training uh, and my my passion in technology and sciences with, uh, with the business world, really the finance and investing. And I had no idea that uh, how could how I could do that except that you know, I researched and I learned uh, there was at that time when I graduated, this was probably, I guess, 30 years ago, um, uh, an emerging discipline called project finance that seemed really fascinating to me because I felt like you know, these projects uh, have to be financed so you could use your training in finance and engineering, um, you know, with law and everything else in, in making these projects kind of viable and happen. And that really drew me to um, to talking to a lot of players on Wall Street at that time uh, who were doing project finance. It was a very specialized discipline, uh, but not very well known as such. It was highly specialized. It was really um, uh, uh, applicable to certain types of industrial facilities. A lot of the power generation financing was done using project finance. It was done um, uh, globally in international markets and transnational investments. And, uh, and I found that very fascinating. And, and with my interest and background in, in engineering and project and with my <laughs> knowledge of finance, I was able to convince uh, folks that I could, you know, I could m- make the move from, from being an engineer to, to being really a project finance banker. So yeah. that's how my journey started. And, uh, and I have really enjoyed uh, uh, ever since uh, I made that transition and I found myself really working on really, really exciting ideas and really being at the center of where I see a lot of transformation is taking place. And a realization that I can contribute uh, uh, you know, a little bit to some of the big picture issues. And that, to me, that's really fascinating. So that's been my journey from uh, you know, coming out uh, with a kind of engineering uh, training uh, kind of had that background and then moving into uh, finance and then working in finance, uh, having a long stretch at a large European bank. I, I ran the project finance business, which I built over the years, and then starting my own outfit. So here I am, um, <laughs> still very um, <laughs> excited about the, the possibilities and uh, using my training and, and I've learned uh, over the years. So 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 that's that's been the journey. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's excellent. Um, you know, one last thing before we move into, you know, kind of where you see the industry heading. One thing I was curious about. So obviously when you invest in organizations and you invest in companies, there's going to be a common thread of 
energy and sustainability and decarbonization. But I was curious, like at the at the leadership level, right? When you're mi- you're meeting with these founders, these CEOs, the executives, what is there any common thread that you look for there as far as like from a personality standpoint, from a leadership standpoint when you invest? Yeah. So our <clears throat> I think that's a function of the kind of um, uh, investing that uh, I have been involved with, uh, the kind of financing, uh, financing and investing, financing generally in the context of debt or credit or, uh, you know, and then investing in the context of equity. And since I've been on both sides, I can uh, say a little bit. I think one thing to keep in mind is uh, a lot of the considerations depend on the stage of investing and the style of investing. So you could be very early stage and venture, and there are different set of questions and and uh, issues uh, that you would have to focus on. Where I sit in a somewhat late stage, uh, which is really beyond the venture stage, beyond the early stage, beyond uh, the, 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 the idea that the technology is, is not proven. I come in at a point when there's a lot more visibility on the business, on the assets that are being created, that I can take a view on the revenue visibility. I can take a view on technology and operations. And technically, as a result of that, uh, because of late stage focus, uh, generally we don't take technology risk, uh, tend to be technology agnostic. Uh, we don't take a uh, lot of operating risk as a result. So we're looking for uh, uh, people who can, um, who have a vision of how they would develop these projects, uh, bring it to a point that some of the early stage risks have been de-risked. They're looking for technologies or incorporating technologies that are proven. They have the ability to understand what those technologies are, how they're going to execute their business model, what their vision is for the growth of the pipeline, uh, and how they can convert some of the ideas into very viable projects that I can touch and feel. And, and I, can, I can predict the cash flow. And I think that's the big part of investing that has characterized my style over the years. Very cool. Very cool. So let's hover off for a second. I know you touched on you know a couple of key terms there, which was super helpful. Um, and along those lines, I mean, where do you see the industry heading? Let's look into the future 5, 10, 15 years from now. Where do you see the industry heading? Yeah, you know, it's, this is a very exciting time. If I, if I think, let's define the industry. And I think if decarbonization is a theme uh, where we are looking to invest or find companies that touches many industries. So that touches the power generation sector, that touches transport, uh, that touches industry, and a lot of things happening uh, in this broader space. What I can tell you, which I um, feel really excited about, is that there is a lot of capital coming into the space uh, that looking for home. A lot of investors right. have realized that they need to invest in the broader net zero uh, team, they have to align their portfolios uh, to, uh, to align with the climate realities, and therefore they want to invest in new businesses so, um, uh, and that are climate aligned. So that's a positive. Uh, the, the other uh, interest uh, part of the, the, which, uh, the other interesting part here is that there is a lot of interest in deployment of technologies that are proven. So uh, 80% of the climate battle can be fought through technologies or 80% of the technologies that are needed 
are already there. They are proven. Mm. And so the deployment uh, becomes a challenge, and that makes it really exciting in terms of thinking about the investing opportunities. Uh, what I also find really interesting is when I think about the opportunities in the U.S. or other markets, is the same story that's there in other uh, in other countries. So it's a global story. So if you solve the climate change problem here in the U.S., the same business models and technologies have the potential to make an impact in other markets. Uh, and, uh, the, and I guess last but not least, uh, there is a recognition uh, today, which I find really exciting, is that, that, that policy support and government incentives uh, are really essential for some of the net zero decarbonization technology. You know, we're seeing evidence of that. The countries have come together to, uh, to, to provide strong support are developing developing their their industrial bases and encouraging these technologies uh, as part of new infrastructure that gets built out. Um, and so, so I think those are some of the things that I find it at a very very high level to be really exciting um, uh, across some of the industry verticals that we are focused on. Oh, super helpful. No, that's uh, that's really good stuff there. So. Let's close out with uh, just a couple of questions here at the end. I wanted to uh, I wanted to lead off here and, and ask you, what advice would you give to your 22-year-old self? Oh, <laughs> great question. I think when I look at, back at my own experience, I wish somebody guided me. Um, but I think you have to just go where your passions lie. And the world is changing around us very, very quickly. And you will find yourself... Uh, obsolete very quickly. So, so be be uh, a person who's very curious. Go where your interests are. Uh, be the risk taker. Try out new things because the world is going to change very quickly. Uh, the world I stepped into 30 years ago has changed dramatically, and the skills needed are very different. So, so my advice to a 22 year old will be: discover your passions. Get the experience. Work with people who are ready to mentor you, uh, and and then you will find your footing. But I think the key here is really understanding what motivates you, what you're passionate about, and sticking to that. It would be my advice to uh, to a twenty two year old. Rest, things will follow. <laughs> All right. All right. Wise counsel indeed. Well, let's close it out here. Uh, it's kind of a broad question, but uh, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? <laughs> so, so what I find it really exciting is when I get up and I find myself thinking about issues that are really at the <laughs> at the center of kind of innovation and the and the market and industrial transformation that is taking place in front of my eyes, and that that I can make a difference and I can make a little contribution, and I can understand things that are happening around me. And uh, so that keeps me really, really motivated and excited, <laughs> even at this, you know, at this stage in my career. So there's there's still a lot to learn, and there's yeah. still a lot to do, and uh, and and these are kind of exciting times. I think just the the awareness and the recognition that what I've learned over the years, I can use that to solve one of the biggest challenges that humanity is facing today. I think that's exciting. Well, I think that's a perfect way to uh, wrap up the show here. So, Anadi, thanks for being a guest on the Building Efficiency Podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me. You got it. 
All right, there you have it, episode 67 with Anadi Jahari. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. Now, we hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing, if you have any future guests in mind from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.